This episode contains graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Welcome to another episode of What the Actual F. My name is Harmony, and as always, I'll be your host here. Before I get started, I just need to let you guys know that my voice is probably going to sound a little rough. If you listen to this podcast, then you know that I was at an event this weekend, so I'm a little hoarse, and um, my legs are very burnt, I am very sore, but I still want to bring you an episode this week. Actually, I really just want to tell somebody about this case because I am so intrigued by it. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up as like, I guess a 90s kid. I was born in the 80s. Yes, I am. I am old. I was born in the 80s and I grew up throughout the 90s. So I watched a lot of television and a lot of movies. Recently, I've kind of like dove back into watching some 90s movies and I just watched Mortal Kombat yesterday, but the new one. And it just made me see the huge difference in stuff. But it also made me think about some of my most favorite 90s movies because Mortal Kombat was one of my most favorite movies just when I was growing up. And that brought me to this. Ew, get off of me. Ugh, as if. Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher's saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes and they only go on my feet. That's right, guys. Clueless. This is a 1995 like hit. At least if you ask me, I think this movie is amazing. You might not like it, but I'm not here to debate that with you because we're not talking about the movie itself. However, we are going to talk about somebody who is in this movie. My first guest is, a, uh, of course, a lovely actress who's appeared in the films Uptown Girls, Just Married, and Eight Mile. Beginning this Friday, you can see her in Little Black Book. Please welcome Brittany Murphy. Brittany Ann Murphy Monjack was born November 10th, 1977. Let me tell you this right now. Brittany Murphy is one of my favorite actresses to date. I know she's no longer with us, but it's just up there with like Robin Williams. Some of my favorite actors and actresses are no longer with us, but I will always appreciate what they've created. And plus, like, we have the same birthday month. We're just nine years apart. So that's that's pretty dope to me. Clueless, however, was Brittany Murphy's very first, like, breakthrough role into Hollywood. You know how you go to Hollywood with the dreams of being famous and being known? Or, like, today in the world, you turn on your camera or just record something and throw it out there and really hope you're going to catch the eye of the world? Well, that was Clueless for Brittany Murphy, and she played Ty Frazier. Ladies, we have a new student with us. This is Ty Frazier. Would you look at that girl? She is so adorably clueless. We've got to adopt her. Cher, she is toe up. Sadly, however, the headlines on December 20th, 2019 would break so many hearts. As the beloved actress for her roles in Clueless and 8 Mile and Uptown Girls, which I'm not going to lie, I've seen every single one of those. Hell, I've even seen Little Black Book. But again, I've also seen all of her films. At just 32 years old, on December 20th, Britney was announced dead. 
But how could this be possible? How? She was just 32 and she was thriving. It was right there, right there in the media for everybody to see. But a lot of people were really curious. And that brings us to the topic of today's episode. Today, I'm going to dive into the surroundings of Brittany Murphy's untimely death. What all happened and what about her house? Is it true that she got it from Britney Spears and that Britney thought that there was evil in that house? Well, let's find out. So sit back, relax, I don't know, just enjoy the show. If you're driving, please don't sit back and relax. Pay attention to the road and, I don't know, um, enjoy your trip. But let's go ahead and start this episode. Really use some sort of an herbal refreshment. Hey, before we can continue with this episode, I want to give a real quick shout out to one of my sponsors. Fiji Tree of Life. This past weekend, I got to go down to the 420 Fest in Sarasota, Florida. That is why my voice sounds very hoarse and I am currently rocking a very red glow of the skin. All in all though, it was such a great time. I personally just wanted to shout out our products because I've enjoyed them very much. Now, Fiji is a CBD and THC company. We do also have electronic vehicles in case you're curious and want to check those out. We specialize, however, in CBD and THC flower. We do also have infused products as well that you are more than welcome to check out and see if anything makes you curious. For those of you who are curious of the benefits of CBD and THC, there are many, far too many for me to sit here and tell you about. I also would like to share with you, I do personally use these products. With that, I'd like to share with you that I do not get these for free. I have spent my money on them and I thoroughly would recommend and still will be purchasing more. I very much would love for you guys to go over to FijiTreeOfLife.com and check out what they have. I'm not saying you've got to buy anything, but if you are curious and you want to try something out, put it in your cart and use the promo code HARMONY at checkout. You will then receive 10% off of your order. Speaking of which, I'm going to grab one of our gummies and continue this episode. Hi, I'm Brittany Murphy, and I had the pleasure of working on Happy Feet. I'm the voice of Gloria, Mumble's feisty, confident, and flirty best friend and soulmate. Gloria is a wonderful character, and it has been so much fun bringing her to life. Not only is she smart and funny, but she sure does love to sing. So here's one of the songs I had the pleasure of performing for the film. It's a true classic. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is Gloria's homage to Somebody to Love, The Penguin Life. Infatuation, illumination, top of the class, ooh, Missy Gloria. Brittany Ann Barlotti was born in Atlanta, Georgia to Sharon Kathleen Murphy and her father, Angelo Joseph Barlotti, who divorced when she was just two years old. Brittany was raised by her mother in Edison, New Jersey. Interesting fact as well about her father, Angelo Joseph Bellotti. His name was not on the original first draft of the death certificate for Brittany herself. A little weird, right? 
Prior to her enrolling at Edison High School, the family moved to Los Angeles in 1991 so that Britney could pursue an acting career. You see, back in the day, people had to go to Hollywood for anyone to really know who they were. And, well, Britney was going to be somebody. It was nothing like it is now, guys. You really could not just throw a video somewhere and become some viral sensation unless you wanted to end up on America's Funniest Home Videos, but no one really would know who you were. And who knows, maybe you had the dreams once of going out to Hollywood and you had stars in your eyes that you would end up on the big screen. After all, I'm pretty sure all of us, one point or another in our lives, especially as children, wanted to be either a famous actor, actress, you know, some movie star, or a rocker. Why did I say rocker instead of rock star? I don't even know, but you guys know exactly what I meant. According to Britney, her mother never ever stifled her creativity. In fact, her mother encouraged it. That is amazing. I have a mother who was a very narcissistic, abusive woman. She was very cruel about the fact that I liked to draw and I was very expressive. I was very creative and she didn't like that and told me that I would actually probably amount to nothing. But here I am talking to you every week, telling you some really weird stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if I amounted to anything, but... I feel like I'm a little bit better than she thought off, so who knows? I don't Off subject, sorry, let's get back on track though. Britney did say, however, that she considered her mother to be a crucial factor in her success. Britney even went on to say in an interview once, when I asked my mom to move to California, she sold everything and moved out here for me. She's always believed in me. Now, I have always related and just really adored Brittany Murphy, especially her, just her. Like, it's not just what she portrays in movies, her personality and her attitude. She has just always been kind of an inspiration to me. She is also of Irish, Slovakian, and Italian descent. She was raised Baptist and later became a non-denominational Christian, for those of you who are curious. Brittany also had two older half-brothers and a younger half-sister. Thank you for having me back. It's fun to have you here. It's good to be here. Yeah, how have things been? Good, I guess, huh? Yeah, real nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I've been talking about this, uh, the movie, The Eight Mile Thing. They had, was it premiere last night? It was last night. In, in Los Angeles? Yes, it was a big hoop-de-doo. Yeah. I mean... Was it a hoop-de-doo or a whoop-de-doo? It was, it was a hoop-de-doo, I'd say, because it was uh -huh. hoopla and a whoop-de-doo mixed together. <laughs> it was pretty exceptional. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it was almost like, the, like an MTV Awards sort of deal. Wow. Um, I mean, it was, there were people everywhere. People crazy, right? Let's talk a little bit more about what Brittany Murphy did to get into her acting career and then what would lead in to become her successful career. Brittany attended Vern Fowler School of Dance and Theater Arts in Colonia, New Jersey. I think I'm saying that correctly. I think it's Colonia, New Jersey. I could be wrong though and I apologize if I am completely botching that. Anyway, she did attend there in 1982. From the age of four, she trained in singing, dancing, and acting until her move to California at 13. Then, in 1997, Britney made her Broadway debut as Catherine in a revival of Arthur Miller's A View from the Bridge. I'm gonna be honest, I've never seen it. But hey, maybe one of you have. Britney then landed her first job in Hollywood when she was 13, starring as Brenda Drexel in the series Drexel's Class. She then went on to play Molly Morgan in the short-lived The Torkelsons spin-off Almost Home. I have never heard of any of those. But again, maybe one of you guys have. She did also guest star in several television series, including Parker Lewis Can't Lose, 
Blossom, which was a great show, by the way, Sequest 2032, Murder One, and Frasier. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. For anyone wondering what the fuck was that, that was Kelsey Grammer with an intro for Frasier. Kelsey was one of the lead actors on that show. Kelsey also has a bit of some skeletons in his closet that we could discuss because, well, they're not really skeletons. It is very well known. However, I don't know if you'd like to go digging for that, so if you don't want to do that, stick around because in future episodes, we're going to be talking about what exactly Kelsey Grammer is hiding. But that's not the point of this episode. Let's continue talking about Brittany Murphy. Brittany also had a few reoccurring shows in some major TV shows throughout the 90s. We're talking Party of Five. Also, Boy Meets World. And Sister, Sister. Even though Britney had all these parts in TV shows that we watch today, still, years after they aired, it was her second feature film that would be her breakthrough role. And as you guessed it, it was Clueless. That's it. I've had it with you. Isn't that time of the month again? I don't know why Dion's going out with a high school boy. I mean, they're like dogs. You have to clean them and feed them. and They're just like these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you. Ew! Get off of me! Ugh, as if! By the way, I just wanted to mention that I did fumble and say that Britney had these reoccurring shows, not roles. I meant that she had reoccurring roles in these TV series. But I'm sure many of you knew that, so I don't know why I am informing you. Just wanted to let it be known for anyone that feels necessary to let me know that I said that incorrectly. Because I know some of you are out there. Now, Clueless did, as you can tell, get a massive cult following, which I am gladly a part of. If you are too, woo, air high five. She then followed this in 1996 with her role in Freeway alongside Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. You know, don't it bother you your own wife bring off all them strange guys for money? I make her use mouthwash after. Oh, you like that minty fresh taste, Tully? Sheriff's Department, you're under arrest. We're totally fucked. Just after you left, the pigs came and pinched Mom and Larry both. And my, my parole officer showed up like a motherfucking plague to take me off to foster care again. Just like last time. So, uh, what I call you? I'm sorry, my name is Bob Wolfe. You think Bob's been killing all them girls on the freeway, Bob? She was also in another movie called Bongwater in 1998 alongside Jack Black and Luke Wilson. Good tunes. I fell in love with a baked potato. A fling gig gig And a long, strange trip. Bon voyage, bitch. Luke Wilson. Alicia Witt. 
You're confused. Because you don't know where you are. Wrong water. Then, in 1999, she had a supporting role in the movie Girl Interrupted. In 1969, the wild ones went to Woodstock. The unlucky ones went to war. There's something happening here. But if you didn't know where you were going... You have the distinction of being the only senior not going on to college. I don't have a plan. I just don't want to end up like my mother. Susanna! They sent you to Claymore. The best place in the world for someone like you is less than a half an hour from here. Welcome to Claymore, Susanna. If you have never seen that movie, I would highly recommend that you check it out. In Girl Interrupted, she played a troubled psychiatric patient alongside Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie. Brittany Murphy also played an aspiring beauty queen in the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. Every year, in the small town of Mount Rose, Minnesota, a special competition takes place. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. They might say that a pageant is old fashioned and demeaning to the girls. No, I think you boys are going to find something a little bit different here in Montrose. <coughs> Ouch! <laughs> and for those of you who have ever seen King of the Hill, she also voiced Luana Platter. And for those of you who have ever seen a single episode of King of the Hill, you might know her voice as Britney voiced Luann Platter. She did this the entirety of the show's run from 1997 to 2009. She was even nominated for an Annie Award for her voice acting in King of the Hill. You! What's your name? Luann. No, it's Jane. Nuh-uh. She's Jane. I'm Luann. You're making this very difficult, Jane. Here's a little trick I use to remember my name. Okay, I think of a man named Lou, and then a woman named Anne. They meet in a kingdom in the forest. In 2001, Brittany had a lead role in Don't Say a Word alongside Michael Douglas. Then, in 2002, she starred alongside Eminem in the movie Eight Mile. She followed that up in 2003 with the movie Uptown Girls alongside Dakota Fanning. Also, in 2003, she starred in a movie with Ashton Kutcher. And for those of you who do not know where that movie is, that would be Just Married. Welcome to the family, Tom. Thank you. Mrs. McNerney? Oh, you can call me Pussy now. Pussy? You know, like a cat. And, of course, in 2005, she was in the critically acclaimed Sin City. Forget it, man. You can bang in that door all night if you want to. There is no way in hell I'm letting you in. She also received rave reviews from renowned film critic Roger Ebert. He would say that her comedic timing was perfect and often compared her to Lucille Ball. She was also in several other films like Happy Feet, Never Was, Spun, and Tribute. Just to name a few, Britney was definitely somebody in Hollywood. Britney completed a movie called Abandon in June 2009, and it was released in 2010 after her death. Britney's final film was Something Wicked, and it was released in 2014, far after her death.
Britney's career also included work as a singer. She once commented, My singing voice isn't like my speaking voice. I've always just kept it a secret, and I've never taken credit because I wanted to learn how to work behind the microphone in a recording studio. And some of the singers don't even know I was recording on their albums. Another thing about Britney is she was in a band called Blessed Soul in the 90s. On June 6, 2006, Britney and Paul Oakenfold released the single Faster Kill Pussycat. As you can guess, this song became an instant club dancing hit. It reached number one on Billboard's Hot Dance Club Play chart and also hit number seven in Oakenfold's native United Kingdom in June 2006. Britney used her voice again with the release of Happy Feet when she covered Queen's Somebody to Love, which you guys heard earlier. Britney went on to talk about her character Gloria and said, oddly enough, of all the characters I've played, Gloria is the most like me, and she's a penguin. I thought that was adorable. In November of 2009, Britney traveled to San Juan, Puerto Rico in order to film a movie called The Caller. Her husband, Simon Monjack, and her mother, Sharon Murphy, went with her. Immediately, things went wrong. Britney was fired the very first day. Some reports are stating that fingers were being pointed at her husband because he was drunk and having pretty bad behavior on set. Even though she was fired, they still stayed on the island to vacation. This is when her husband Simon and her mother Sharon both caught staff. It only continued to get worse. On their flight back to Los Angeles, Brittany said she had to give her husband CPR after he had a quote, mild heart attack. Whoa. Okay. Nine. I'm sorry to bother you. <laughs> I think I might be having a little heart attack. <laughs> Eventually, Brittany as well caught staff, and this hit her hard. By mid-December, she had a terrible bout of laryngitis and was going through her second period in a month that caused anemia. For those men out there that don't want to hear about periods, I'm sorry, but women have them. I'm sorry that you were not taught about anatomy and it freaks you out. For six weeks, Brittany thought that she could overcome it and didn't seek any medical attention. I know how that is. I don't know about you, but oftentimes if something's bothering me, especially because I have health issues, I will ignore it. And that has led me to the ER a few times and being admitted. So she did the exact same thing. Just was like, no, this is nothing. I can handle this. I'll be fine. Finally, on a Friday, Brittany called to make an appointment with a doctor after several weeks of being ill. The appointment was scheduled for the following Monday, but sadly, Brittany wouldn't survive the weekend. Hello, how are Hi. you? Tell me about your character June in the movie. Uh, June is definitely in the middle of a love triangle, to say the least. Now, here is where Brittany's story takes a creepy turn. Brittany was at the height of her career when she bought a furnished home from Britney Spears. At the time, Brittany was sharing this home with her ex, Justin Timberlake. 
bought the home in 2003 for just under $4 million. At this point, she was at the peak of her career. Britney had proved to the critics that she could act in just about anything, from serious to comedies to dramas and more. So buying this beautiful home was a huge milestone for Britney. This amazingly beautiful and stunning house, something that Britney should love and cherish, she would slowly grow to hate. Shortly after Britney passed away, her husband Simon told The Hollywood Reporter that his wife absolutely hated their Rising Glen home. He said, quote, every time we would drive up Sunset, Britt would say, please, can we stay at Beverly Hills Hotel? I'd say, honey, we've got to be realistic. We have our house. We're going to stay in it. He did go on to claim that she often retreated to a bathroom. This was her comfort zone and what would be known as the, quote, Britney-sized room. Britney was of very small stature, so this made sense. Simon went on to even state that his wife would spend hours upon hours in there. She would go through her makeup, she would write in her journal, listen to music, and just read magazines, kind of tuning away from the world. However, he went on to say, otherwise, besides that little area where she found peace, she really just hated the home. She truly felt that the house was completely unlucky and was actually planning to move in with her mother. This was going to be a move all the way to New York in 2010. Brittany was beyond ecstatic. Remember, Brittany grew up in New Jersey, so this was kind of like going back to her roots. She just wanted to get back to the East Coast and just get out of Hollywood for a while. Now, I told you about the movie The Caller that she was going to be filming in San Juan, Puerto Rico. There are a lot of debates about what exactly happened and why she didn't stay on this film. Some people say she was fired because of her husband's behavior, others say it was because of her unruly behavior, and others just say it was because she found out it was a horror film and she was not down to be in any kind of movie like that at the time. No, I, I just moved in. You may have mistakenly wandered into mechanical engineer as opposed to... Conversational French. Hope you won't be too offended. A little disappointed, maybe. Hello, Mary. There's been a mistake. This friend of yours, he really isn't here. And as we know, they stayed, they hung out for a vacation, and this is when her husband and her mother both caught staff. Later, Brittany would catch it as well, and she held on and tried to fight it for six weeks. So let's talk about her death in this house. And we will talk more about the house, but I want to kind of like set the scene so you guys can understand how creepy this house really kind of is with the stories that are like tied to it. So let's continue. In late 2009, because she was suffering from staph, the illness reportedly like lingered in her system and transformed into pneumonia, which in combination with a cocktail of medications that she was taking for her anemia turned deadly. Now, this brings me to a huge rumor that I feel like needs to be cleared up. It was claimed that Brittany passed away because of toxic mold that was in the home. However, the Department of Public Health investigated into this claim and said that mold did not play a role in her death. 
In fact, there was no mold detected in the home according to toxicology reports. Again, this would not stop rumors from going rampant and to this day, people still believe this. Now, I'm not going to say that Britney's death is not really freaking eerie because of the house and everything and then there's still more to this story. The shit is fucking creepy, but she did not die because of mold and I just want that to be known before we continue on. This brings us to the morning of Britney's death. Britney reportedly went out onto the balcony of her bathroom around 3 a.m. and tried to catch her breath. Her mother, Sharon, recalled her daughter saying, quote, Mommy, I can't catch my breath. Rather than taking her to the hospital right away, Sharon offered her daughter some tea. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. What the fuck? Okay, if your daughter is saying she can't breathe, why are you going to offer her tea? Why not get her in the car and go get her checked out? Now, Sharon says she didn't take Brittany to the hospital because she believed that Brittany was always, quote, so dramatic. Basically, she claimed that Brittany would over-exaggerate illnesses, so she simply was like, hey, let's have some tea and let's see how you feel. Maybe you'll catch your breath. I'm not saying this was the best way to handle it. I'm just saying that was her reasoning. At around 7.30 in the morning, Brittany stumbled back into the bathroom that she loved so much and collapsed on the floor. Her husband, Simon, immediately ran a cold shower over her while her mother called the police. Fire Department 97 was the address of the emergency. 1895 Rising Glen Road. What's the phone number you're calling from? Street. Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Uh, somebody's, my daughter's passed out. She's, she's, they're we doing mouth to mouth. Please get oh, your phone. Oh, okay, please. okay. Somebody. All right, we're going to. How old is your daughter? She's 30. Please help. She's 30. Mouth. Can you feel or hear any breathing? Can you feel or hear any breathing? <laughs> Can you feel or hear any breathing? <laughs> yes or no, ma'am? Hello? 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 Just a minute, please. It just takes a, a second. Can you feel or hear any breathing? Can you hear anything, Simon? Yes or no? Yes or no? No! Okay, all right. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to tell you how to do compressions, okay? okay. Sadly, by the time Brittany arrived at Cedars Sinai Medical Center, it was too late. Brittany had passed away due to pneumonia and drug intoxication. She was just 32 years old. I know her mother says she's 30 in the 911 call, and I find that really weird because you can look up and see she was 32. I mean, you can do math as well because of her birthday. I just find that a little weird. I mean, I get it. She's probably freaking out and just trying to find out if her daughter's okay. And then she died right there during the call. So I don't think she was really worried about thinking, you know, how old her daughter is. She just wanted to get medical attention. And sadly, it was too late. 
This, however, would not be the only death in the home. Now to the latest Hollywood mystery. The husband of actress Brittany Murphy has been found dead just five months after her own passing. CBS News correspondent Michelle Miller has the details. Good morning. Good morning, Harry. Well, some would say that Simon Monjack was best known simply for being married to Brittany Murphy. Now he has followed her into death in an eerily similar way. In the weirdest turn of events, just five months after Brittany died in their home, her husband at the age of 39 was found dead in the very same house on May 23rd, 2010. Obviously, this sparked rumors and controversy everywhere. What killed this couple in their home? And what even made it creepier was a county coroner deemed the cause of Simon's death, quote, just like Brittany, acute pneumonia and anemia. I do want to share with you guys though that Simon did experience a lot of health issues throughout his and Brittany's marriage. Brittany even would take care of him because he had heart troubles and experienced seizures. I saw the five firemen bring her down on a gurney and they were trying to resuscitate her all the way down to the fire truck and then um, they had her by the fire truck and they were obviously trying to put cheese down the throat, resuscitate her, and uh, I think she was fairly obviously dead at that time. So. In the aftermath of both Brittany and Simon's death, Sharon grew very aggravated with the fact that everybody started to state that drug abuse was the real culprit for their deaths. This is when she began to suspect that there could be toxic mold in the home, and that was what killed Brittany and Simon. Now, her suspicion was met with a ton of criticism because she waited two years to say that she believed that mold was what killed her daughter and her son-in-law. And you guys know, everybody has an opinion, so obviously it's not that she's grieving and she's trying to even understand what happened. You know, they went through staff and then she obviously had pneumonia. I mean, she couldn't breathe. So she's trying to wrap her head around exactly what happened so suddenly and why couldn't she possibly think that mold could be a factor in that. It takes a very long time to come to terms with somebody passing suddenly. But of course, people have their opinions and they weren't having it. She waited too long to say something. Again, that didn't stop the rumor from going through and people, as I said, to this day still do believe that. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office claims Sharon would not allow the staff in to inspect the property for mold after Simon's death. Sharon, however, says that that's not true. She was cooperating. Yeah, th this is a guy, as a matter of fact, who, you know, was arrested on immigration charges a month and a half before he married Brittany in 2007. Some people thought he had married her to stay in the country. Monjack suffered a heart attack just two weeks before Murphy's death and recently a complaint of seizures. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Sharon. In 2011, Sharon Murphy reached a settlement with home builders over defects on the property of Brittany's house. However, the following year, she sued those very same lawyers who helped broker the settlement for malpractice. She claimed that allegedly they, quote, tricked her into settling. They did end up settling this lawsuit outside of court in 2013. Then, Brittany's father, Angelo Bertolotti, began his own private investigation into the death of his daughter in 2013. Angelo ended up suing the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office for access to hair samples in order to conduct independent chemical analysis. 
The samples were then set to a private lab called Carlson Company. The lab there found evidence of elevated levels of heavy metal in Murphy's system. Jay Bertolotti, who suspects his daughter did not die of pneumonia, as reported nearly four years ago, but was poisoned. I absolutely positively think she was poisoned, yes. I'm calling for it to be exhumed, if, if necessary. Bertolotti citing a new toxicology report that he commissioned, which tested samples of the star's hair and says it found high levels of 10 heavy metals. The results suggested one possible explanation would be an exposure to these metals, or toxins, administered by a third-party perpetrator with likely criminal intent. But this morning, there are new questions about the accuracy of those findings. Testing from hair samples was very difficult to interpret in a reasonable scientific way. Dr. David Lee says something as common as hair dye could have left behind heavy metals. You would actually need bodily fluids, bodily tissues. And while the L.A. District Attorney's Office tells us they're not investigating, the L.A. Coroner's Office says they're willing to take a look at the new report once they receive a copy. So now I'm going to tell you more about the house. Now, just before Simon passed away, Sharon did put the house on the market for just over $7 million. But in the light of Brittany and Simon passing, she ended up selling the house to a developer for just under $3 million in 2011. After extensive renovations and expansion of square footage, the house again hit the market in April of 2016 with a massive price tag of just a little under $20 million. This five-bedroom, three-bath, nine thousand four hundred square foot house was hoping to lure buyers with its beautiful city view smart home technology and amazing open floor plan however as you guys know this mansion has a very dark history now britney spears and justin timberlake did live in the house before britney murphy and her husband simon moved in in an episode of the podcast we need to talk about britney there's an interview with julianne k this was Britney's makeup artist between 1999 to 2004, which some people would claim that was the most renowned time in Britney Spears' career. Julianne shared stories about a couple incidences with paparazzi that got kind of bad and some fans that got a little scary, even some death risks, but nothing compared to the fact that Britney's house was haunted. This is what Julianne had to say. This is going to get a little confusing, but this is the statement from Julianne. She had that location up on Sunset Plaza, and I'm simply going to state that it is truly unusual. She had the put on Sunset Plaza. That's what it says. She calls me, dot, dot, dot. I had my good friend do Reiki recovery on her. She had actually turned up. I think she'd had an insane partying weekend and required to unwind. He left. She swears to God that he opened some spirit website or something and these bad spirits had actually been available in. I don't know what that means, by the way, but that's what this artist is saying, this makeup artist. She continues with, and it resembled a woman and a male and they were attempting to like press her down the stairs or something insane. So basically, Brittany believed that there were evil entities in her home and they were attacking her. Apparently, it was so bad that she left and went to Casa del Mar Hotel to remain there and never, ever returned back to the home. 
Brittany even told people that she knew she sounded insane, but she wasn't insane and she knew what she saw and understood exactly what she felt. No one really believed her, it seemed. However, she still did put the house on the market and in 2003, Brittany Murphy purchased it. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. All right, it's come to that time. I've got to go ahead and tell you guys about one of my sponsors. Let me tell you all about Doom and Groom. Doom and Groom is a craft hair, skin, beard, and tattoo care company based in Denver, Colorado. They have oils, balms, butters, and pomades, and they are great from head to toe. Their butters are especially formatted to keep your hair and skin healthy and hydrated. I really swear by the succubus butter, it is my favorite. All of their products are unisex, dye-free, chemical-free, plastic-free, and organic. If you want to know more about Doom and Groom and what they have to offer, go over to doomandgroom.net. There you can look through all of the oils, balms, butters, and pomades. And hey, if you find something you want, go ahead and use the promo code HARMONYDOOM at checkout and take 10% off your order. Again, guys, that is doomandgroom.net, and the promo code is HarmonyDoom. Okay, that's enough business. Let's get back to the show. This is going to sound a little strange. I don't know if I want to bring this person through, but there's someone else that's popping in. Um, we have a younger woman who's stepping forward who feels like she passed away too soon. And when she's coming through, she's she's making my lungs hurt quite, quite, quite a bit. And mentally, this feels strange. Physically, this feels strange. She's blaming an outside influence and saying that she was in a very manipulative situation where I actually feel like an outside person was detrimental in influencing a lot of her actions or inactions in certain areas. There is reference to a B initial. B, 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 B. Put this. She would have been very, oh, well, okay, she's giving me more, so I have to kind of, do you mind if I go with go it? Go for it. I just saw Britney Spears. So that's usually reference to Britney, the name Britney. Britney Murphy. Oh my God. Now, when the cause of Britney Murphy's death was revealed in February of 2010, Assistant Chief Ed Winter of the Los Angeles Coroner's Office told People that the actress's death could have been prevented. He said that Murphy was planning on seeing a doctor, but she unfortunately passed away before she could. He simply said that this was a case of someone who had pneumonia and who was anemic and was taking medication when she should have been getting medical attention. He did confirm that the primary cause of death was pneumonia and that no illegal drugs were found in Brittany Murphy's system. Brittany Murphy's death was officially ruled accidental. The elevated levels of over-the-counter prescription drugs that she had taken reportedly had adverse effects on her weakened state. I want to let you guys know, by the way, that Simon, Brittany Murphy's husband, claimed that Brittany had been to a doctor and was on antibiotics. However, according to the coroners, this version of events is not true. In fact, they said that the last time she had even seen a doctor was, quote, a while ago. As you guys also heard, Simon has a bit of a questionable past. Now, for the record, Simon has never been suspected in any foul play when it comes to Britney's death. I want that to be known. He did still become the subject of intense scrutiny. Apparently, however, Simon had a very sordid history of alleged credit card fraud, evictions, and severe financial troubles. 
It's also claimed that Simon kind of rushed Brittany into marrying him because of his financial troubles. Simon Monjack is commonly referred to as a British filmmaker, although his resume is very sparse. In fact, one of his few credits was achieved by suing the makers of 2006 Factory Girl, claiming they stole his script. Following Britney's death, director George Hickenlooper reportedly unloaded on Simon in since-deleted comments on the movie site Hollywood Elsewhere. He stated, quote, Simon Monjack did not produce Factory Girl. He went on and said he sued his way onto the project for a title and stole 150k out of my budget. He continued to state that he was a con man and a bad guy. George stated that when he married Britney, he warned Britney to watch out for him. And so did many others. He also went on in the comments to say, quote, I only hope this creep wasn't instrumental in her sad, sad demise. Also, according to this director, George, he tried to reach out to Brittany Murphy before her death. However, Simon would not allow them to speak. But George wasn't the only one that thought something was weird about Simon. Several people actually believe that Simon was only with Brittany for her money. Now, before you make a decision on what you think about Britney's husband, Simon, let's talk a little bit more about him. It's been a month since you lost her. How are you doing, Simon? How are you holding up? I don't think I am. I don't think either of us are. You wake up in the morning and it's like a rebirth. There's, there's not enough time to your dreams be they good or bad when you wake up and I reach out to touch or hold my wife and she isn't there. Were you there when they said she didn't make it? Uh, three people came in, Sharon and I were holding each yeah. other and they let us know at the same time that they, that she hadn't made it. But we knew before that it was just, you know, you saw the life go out of her. Simon may be a bit shady, but I'm gonna let you decide that for yourself. In February of 2010, just two months after Brittany Murphy's death, Simon and Sharon attempted to launch the Brittany Murphy Foundation by hosting a charity event. Apparently, Simon raised suspicions when word got out that he was charging a donation of $1,000 per person just to attend the event. This situation became even shadier when Simon abruptly canceled and claimed that there was, quote, an illness in the family. Yes, we do know Simon passed away just five months after Brittany, but I'm going to continue and explain why this does kind of seem a bit shady. And also, as I tell you more, you might think there's something going on between Simon and Sharon. It is then found out that the Brittany Murphy Foundation had not filed the proper paperwork to be listed as a nonprofit organization. This meant that it could not solicit any charitable donations. Now, if this isn't suspicious enough, TMZ then attempted to reach out to Simon for comment. However, this is when the foundation website went offline. The site did eventually come back up with a new message promising to return donations. When the website was back up, it stated that they needed to wait until they had their nonprofit status approved before proceeding to ensure that they could truly honor Britney's charitable desires. Later, in an interview with People, Sharon took the blame for the whole fiasco. Sharon went on to say, quote, My daughter and I always talked about doing that. It wasn't Simon. I wanted to be clear about that. 
Sharon and Simon went on to say the whole thing was a mix-up that was exasperated by their grief and lack of experience with nonprofit work. This failed fundraiser, though, did add to the mystery of Britney's strange and sudden death. There is a difference in Britney and her husband's death. Though they both died with acute pneumonia and severe anemia, the only difference was that Simon's death didn't have drug intoxication. Again, drug intoxication is not illicit drugs. She wasn't using illegal drugs in any form. This was just medication she was taking. So over the counter. However, Simon did not have this factor in his death. Everything else was just like Britney's. And Sharon found Simon just like she found her daughter. Now, needless to say, a husband and a wife dying of the same medical illness, very rare, can absolutely occur. But that doesn't make it fucking weird. So, two months after Simon's death, Brittany Murphy's former business manager, Jeffrey Morganroth, I hope I said that right, told people that Simon had allegedly drained Brittany's finances by 80% before he passed away. Quote, there were huge amounts of money in Brittany's pension plan and bank account and all of that's gone. He went on to say that Simon was taking out hundreds of thousands of dollars from Brittany's accounts. Now here's another little weird thing. Apparently Simon's mother didn't want Sharon to stay in the home anymore. You see, in August of 2010, TMZ reported a tidbit of information that raised a lot more questions about Britney's death. According to the coroner's report for Simon's death, Sharon Murphy allegedly told investigators that she shared a bed with Simon. I am very uncomfortable with the energy that we've created in the studio today. Yeah, just so we're 100% clear, Brittany's mom was supposedly sleeping in the same bed as her widowed son-in-law. As in, her daughter, who just passed away in that same home, husband. That's fucking weird, man. However, according to TMZ, the coroner's report, quote, doesn't suggest sexual contact between the two. That doesn't make it any less fucking weird, however. But I mean, people grieve in weird ways. I don't know. Today, new shocking allegations coming from her father, who says she was poisoned. And Murphy's father, Angelo Bertolotti, and family friend Julia Davis are joining us now from Los Angeles. To the both of you, thank you so much. I know this is difficult. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, we appreciate you being with us because this is really shocking to a lot of people, hearing that you believe that she was poisoned. Uh, Mr. Bodolati, why do you believe that? Why, why do you think that she was poisoned? Well, it's, it's very suspicious, and I read the reports on the, uh, on the toxicology reports, and everything sounds very, very, very more or less... Uh, Suspicious. Angelo would go on to believe that his daughter's death was a definite murder situation. He truly believed that his daughter had been poisoned. Quote, if we were to eliminate the possibility of simultaneous accidental heavy metal exposure to the sample donor, then the only logical explanation would be an exposure to these metals, toxins, administered by a third party perpetrator with likely criminal intent. 
And the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office still stood by its results, and a toxicologist at the University of Florida told ABC News that hair test results cannot be used to support any allegation of poisoning and cannot be used to establish a cause and manner of death. However, this did not stop Angelo from pursuing the murder angle, and he had a prime suspect. Well, that's pretty shocking. Angelo, do you suspect somebody responsible for poisoning her? And who? No, I don't. I, I don't suspect anyone. Uh, actually, uh, I do really, but I rather not speak about that. Uh, the question is: the fact is that she was poisoned and she was murdered. In an interview in 2014, Angelo Bertolotti made it explicitly clear that he believes his ex-wife murdered their daughter. Quote. Let me explain why she had my daughter execute a will, leaving everything to her mother and specifically excluding Simon. Bertolotti went on and said, let Sharon explain why she decided to do this right after Brittany and Simon told her of their plan to move to New York and have a baby. Let Sharon clarify how she was planning to support herself for the first time in decades once Brittany moved away. Let her talk about auctioning off Brittany's underwear, passport, SAG card, and clothes. There are many unanswered questions that have been addressed out of the three people living together in the same house, only one survives and benefits financially. That was all from Angelo. In 2016, Radar reported that Bertolotti's health had forced him to give up suing the Los Angeles Police Department and coroner's office for the right to exhume his daughter's remains to attempt to prove that she was indeed murdered. Angelo died on January 22, 2019 at the age of 92. He did not stop believing that Sharon was responsible for Britney's death. There red flags, you know, was there anything out of the ordinary with her? Uh, she had a little bit of laryngitis. Laryngitis, yes. That was the only thing. And, and she, other than that, she was, you know, perfectly healthy. At your home, they found a lot of prescription medication. You're saying she was not using any of those no, medications? I'm saying that she used Vicoprofen for her menstrual time. And at that same time, she would have Seraphim, which is an antidepressant, for five days a month. Let me ask you about rumors of cocaine use. She was diagnosed with a heart murmur when she was a young teenager, and she was terrified of anything happening. She never did any drugs, ever. The bottom line is if she done cocaine, she'd be dead in a second. Did she have any kind of eating disorder? Absolutely not. You just need to go to her favorite restaurant, the Chateau Maman, and speak to any waiter who will tell you that Brittany would quite happily order four plates of food and, and eat them all. It's, it's, it's insanity to, for, for these rumors. Ed Winter offered new insights into the deaths of Brittany and Simon in 2016. He specifically suggested that drugs may have played a bigger role than was initially believed. Quote, we took almost 90 empty pill bottles out of the bedroom. He went on to say they were in Simon's name and aliases. It was like, who has this many pill boxes? He popped pills. We went back when Simon died and there were a bunch of prescriptions again. So again, another little bit of information to throw into more suspicious surroundings all around the death of Brittany Murphy and her husband, Simon Monjack. Waited for you. Everybody have a beautiful night though. God bless. 
While official reports state that Brittany Murphy died from pneumonia, anemia, and adverse reactions from prescription drugs, there are more questions than answers about how she found herself in this predicament. Simon had a checkered past and allegedly tight control over her finances. It was also reported that in 2016, Sharon essentially vanished after her ex-husband started investigating their daughter's death. Again, though her death was officially ruled an accident, after everything that's transpired since Britney's passing, it is no surprise that everyone is still left wondering what really happened. First guest, a beautiful and talented young actress whose films include Clueless, Girl Interrupted, and 8 Mile. She also provides uh, the voice of Luann on King of the Hill. The show kicks off its ninth season this Sunday on Fox. Please welcome the always delightful Brittany Murphy. And there you guys have it. That is our episode today. So there you guys have it. That is our case today, all about Brittany Murphy and the tragic death of her and her husband. And the fact that it all happened in this house that Britney Spears claims is haunted. The very house that she had an experience and fled only to never return. I myself do find this case extremely disturbing, but I would love to know what you guys think. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and please check out my sponsors. See if there's anything that you would like from Doom and Groom or Fiji Tree of Life. Alright guys, I'm going to go ahead and call this episode done because your girl needs to go put on some more aloe and take a nap. Have a great day, stay safe, and I'll talk to you on the next episode of What the Actual Left. Nice